Time for another extended weekly recommend segment. Quarantine recommends here. We hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. But while we're at it, we thought we'd give you an extended version of our weekly weekly recommend segment, in which we suggest something that you at home need to check out ASAP. So welcome in to Mad About Movies. I'm Kent Garrison, joined as always by Brian Gill, Richard Barton. We're each going to bring you three things, whether that's a movie, maybe a TV show, maybe a book maybe a music podcast, something that we've been enjoying over the past few weeks that's helped with us uh, take up this time and enjoy this time that we have at home. So let's start things off maybe with a movie recommend, guys. I think we all we all three have movie recommends. Do we not? I do. Yeah. 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 We do. Okay. I've let's seen, start. I've seen movies. Mm. At Finally. least one. Yeah. Yep. Episode 605. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen over four hundred. It's impressive films. how you got by without seeing a movie up to this point, though. I that know, was yeah. it's it's admirable. Thank um, you. It was okay. harder than it seemed. Richard, uh, give give us that movie. All right, this is a kind of a, a one. I, Brian knows this. I think I was texting you both on it. I'm not sure, but I did a disappointing film festival last weekend. Um, <laughs> I stayed up till I don't know from about seven to about four a.m. Just me wife was asleep i just kind of stayed up all night and watched movies that of things i liked or things i was excited for and things that were disappointing and tried to really get my brain around things that i maybe only seen once because they kind of bummed me out because i was really hyped for them they didn't it was a it was a great film festival um and i can put the full lineup out but the one that stood out to me which is uh almost good and actually a good movie that's that's not great, unlike the sequels, and something we talked a lot about in the um, in the action movie bracket is a little movie called Jason Bourne. Mm. I don't think, yeah, it's it. The thing about this movie is it's almost very good, but every mm-hmm. like action sequence, which is a weird complaint about a Bourne movie, is like <laughs> five and a half minutes too long. Like if you just trim those down, you trim. 40 minutes off the movie and it the all the other stuff kind of works. Uh at least if is fine. Tommy Lee Jones is super phoning it in for like the first 30 minutes and then he kind of locks in. I don't know if they shot it in sequence or what, but like it's then he kind of gets into it and uh and it's fine. So this is was a movie I was very bummed out by because the original trilogy is greatness to me. And then the Born Legacies doesn't exist. So I don't even know what that is. And why would I even say those words? That's just a weird random words I put out into the world because it doesn't exist. And then this was kind of like, oh, that was fine, but disappointing. But actually, I'm going to go ahead and say it was better than fine. That is my endorsement. It's better mm. than fine. It's not, wouldn't go quite to the good. Would love a re-edit of this movie, but it's it's almost good. So that's my recommend. Give this another shot in 2020. And a lot of the kind of the the software stuff with data kind of plays better maybe in 2020 than in 26, like the subplot of the Facebook type company that's funded by the DOD and all that. So that's my rec. That's a good one, man. I, I don't think I have watched it since we did our episode. I don't I think either. I've, I don't think I've revisited that one. I've watched some of the other ones. I've watched identity a couple times and uh, maybe supremacy I've seen since we did Jason Bourne, but I have not gone back and watched Jason Bourne. I probably need to do that though. That's a good recommend. Yeah. It's something I need to give a better chance. I remember at the time though, it felt like 
okay, we've got Matt Damon back, so we're good. And it did. like you don't have to make it smart or mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just like people are just going to be happy that he's back in this role. It's going to make a ton of money. Let's mm-hmm. yeah, let's do some action scenes and and some I guess real world allegory there, and we're good. You know, sure. Born is known for being just really smart and yeah, kind of reinventing the the protagonist secret agent kind it of. It is movie. dumber than the first three. Yeah. I great mm-hmm. that it is, but it's still smarter than a lot of kind of spy thrillers and sure. and uh yeah, no, that's a great point, Kent, really, but in and totally valid. But I don't know. It's it it was smarter than I remembered it being, though not nearly as smart as the first three, and a, mm-hmm. a really kind of good, a better like I think I kind of thought of it as this is throwaway. That's a bummer. Matt Damon was back, and I think you're right mm-hmm. that it kind of phoned it in. But it's a kind of a rewatchable cable movie, which I didn't plan on it being. It didn't help to probably our expectation because that trailer is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's one of the better trailers of of the Mad About Movies tenure, the era, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, you know, when he just walks up to that dude and punches him yeah. in the face, and then is all shirtless and Matt Damony and stuff, and and then when you see it, and you're like, well, I'm not sure that that wasn't the best part of the whole movie, you know, yeah. or at least in that first the, the, your first viewing and stuff. So that that hurts the. On the expectation front, I watched, I'm with you though, RB. I watched it once, I don't know, like two or three years ago, whenever, whenever movies anywhere became a thing, mm-hmm. you remember like it, it sort of, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. It, it all the, all the various ultraviolet and digital movie codes and all that sort of stuff. It, it, it put united all of those things together when movies anywhere started. And one of the things they did was like, if you download movies anywhere and put your movies here, you'll get, I don't know, five free movies or something. And it was, you didn't get a choice. It was, you get these five movies, you know, it was like ice age. And I really think ghostbusters answer the call was oh, one yeah. of them or something like there was that. One, yeah, there was one. Uh, and this was one of them too. <laughs> one so. time I downloaded a movie. I, I claimed the code of it i think it was like i don't know mad max fury road or something like that like i claimed yeah. the itunes thing and then ghostbusters answer the call automatically showed up in my account like yeah, as a yeah. bonus they bonoed you yeah Come they on, totally you yeah. would us uh <laughs> songs of innocence and it was i was like you couldn't delete it either <laughs> it's like yeah. you will have this movie right and it was super embarrassing when all my friends came over and immediately left when they saw it on my collection but that's how you yeah, lost most so. of your other friends i yeah, yeah it's been a yeah, long not career. worth it yeah i watched jason Bourne when that happened because i got it for free and i was like all right i'll watch it again and i was like this isn't as bad as i thought it was i need to need to revisit this again i'm sure the uh behind the scenes footage is great too because they have a great they do talking head interviews and uh the tommy lee jones one is just he's like i like the Bourne movies and uh so i wanted to do one <laughs> He seems like a That's joy. literally it. It's like 11 <laughs> seconds. Like every other interview, you know, Matt Damon is so nice. Yeah. And uh, Alicia Vikander is really eloquent and lovely. And these always seem kind of fun. <laughs> it, Tommy Lee Jones is like five steps away from being a really lovable curmudgeon, but he yeah, just won't go all the way in. And it's uh, yeah. like, dude, don't you get that? Like, I don't know. Couldn't you, couldn't you be... Harrison Ford level where you, you, the, 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 the part of what you bring to the table is how grumpy you are and stuff. Yeah. But instead it's just like the kind of grumpy that you don't like. It's such yeah. a, such a bummer. 
yeah, no, absolutely. Great point. Great poster for Jason Bourne, by the mm-hmm. way, too. Mm-hmm. And I remember the poster, it was just like his silhouette, and it, and it didn't even have the name of the movie. It just said, you know his name. And that mm-hmm. was the poster. It's like, that <laughs> yeah. is, that's awesome. You know, you didn't have to put the name of the movie. It's like, oh, sure. that's born. Damon yep. did a thing around that too. I wa- I got, you know, I was up to whatever doing this marathon. So I was like, okay, now I'll hop on YouTube and do the press tour of it. And Damon had a really interesting thing in that same talking head piece, which I think was really obviously smart and honest and not something you hear a lot of actors say. He goes, I love Jason Bourne because it allowed me to have the career I have, meaning he he literally was like, I could do whatever movie I wanted and really take some fun risk because I always knew I could just do another Bourne movie. I was like, wow, actors mm-hmm. don't normally talk that openly mm-hmm. about that. Sure. Yeah. He's not wrong. Yeah. Great. Good recommends. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm going to recommend a movie. One of my very favorites, and I hope I'm not stepping on your toes here, Kent. We probably should have texted beforehand. I know you've watched this recently. so I probably have uh, watched it, but it's probably not going to be what okay. I recommend. I, in cool. fact, I know it's not going to be what Sweet. I recommend because – yeah, we'll so talk it's about that later. A movie that's been pretty uh, relevant for whatever reason over the last uh, couple of weeks because these guys got back together over the the last weekend, I guess, uh, due to quarantine and uh, and all this sort of stuff. I've been super uninterested in basically all quarantine content. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm like, okay, this is. Uh, just tell me when this is over. I don't really need the 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 home concert by LMFAO or anything like I'm okay without that. So, um, hasn't super been my thing, but, but the guys, but the own eaters got back together last weekend. And, uh, and I was very interested in that because that thing you do is one of my, I don't know, 15 or 20 favorite movies and is one of the most rewatchable films of all time. And I love it. And so I fired that bad boy up for the hundredth time. I don't know how many times I've, I've seen it and I had it on in the background while I was doing some work. And I love that movie so much. And so uh, I feel like maybe some people were reminded of the the value of that film recently. And uh, and so I felt like it, it was it was relevant. I have no idea if it's available to stream anywhere without actually you know renting or, or buying it streaming. I have a I have a Blu-ray copy, Kent. And uh, yeah. so I I was able to fire that and, and digitized and whatnot. But uh, I love that movie, and I I feel like it is sort of forever. I felt like it was super underrated or like under people didn't even know about it. And then I met you guys and you guys were both into it. And I was like, Oh sweet. This, you know, there's more people than just me and my family that love this movie. And, uh, it's, it, you, you find it now. And it seems like one of those that like, as soon as somebody, as you say, Oh, that thing you do, people's eyes like light up, like, Oh, I love that movie. And they really are excited to talk about it and stuff. So, uh, anyway, it's it's out there. There's a director's cut that's that's really good. I think it actually adds some that. value and deepens the story a little bit. There's the all, music it's all is, typewriters, is, right? His cut exactly, is just a lot of exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's great funny, music and oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, no, sorry, but uh, and, and really good stuff. And I think they're I think Mondo. So it'll be a thousand dollars, but I think Mondo is pressing the, the yeah they are the, the soundtrack for the first vinyl. time. They're doing a vinyl Pumped release of it. Have to get so, that. Yeah, go ahead, sure. Richard. I was just going to say, you know what's funny about me in that movie is I love that movie too. I think it's wonderful. I think it's really smart. Hey, I like what you did there. Yeah. See what I did there. Um, wonderful with an O. Uh, and, and really smart. And, and, and best represents a really interesting time in, in certainly American culture and English culture. And all. I have seen that movie at most 
three times. Wow. Isn't that weird? I've, I've seen never it three times it. in like this year. Yeah, I've never, <laughs> I've never owned it and I need to like get it, you know, get it on streaming. I, I don't know why that is. I, I love that movie so much and I, it's certainly one. I, it's so happy and a lovely film. I would love to watch it all the time. Yeah, I've seen that movie maybe, maybe four times tops. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah. That surprises me. Yeah, Brian, I, I saw they were doing the, the online reunion of the, the O-Netters <laughs> and, and I got on there and so they did like a countdown to press play on the movie. I pressed play realizing I have the extended edition oh, and yeah. it didn't sync yeah, up at same. all. And so totally. about five yeah. minutes into it, I ditched their zoom and I just watched the movie and the wife got home from work and was like, what are you watching? And that thing you do, she's like, cool, well, I'll watch it while I eat my dinner and then I'm going to go, uh, you know, go read a book or whatever. And then she ended up sitting in there the whole time watching it with me. We both really, really enjoyed it, singing all the songs. You're right, Brian, man, that extended edition, it's almost an hour longer. Yeah. And, and it gives, there's, I mean, it's almost every other scene where I was like, this isn't in the original one. This mm -hmm. isn't in it. This mm -hmm. wasn't in it. I had forgotten how much stuff, like there's a lot of stuff with Guy and Faye yeah. and their like kind of flirtatious relationship before the ending, you know, mm -hmm. happens which makes gives a lot more context because in the original one you're like why are what what that doesn't right you know right. kind of doesn't, doesn't make much kind of yeah. does but I will agree that man, it's in my top ten it, it was in my top ten when we did that episode and I've been thinking about wanting to redo that and give us like another chance to to adjust that because believe mm -hmm. it or not people's tastes and opinions change in seven years or whatever <laughs> doing it I think that was episode one hundred where we did that yeah or something. it was yeah um, but man incredible movie oddly like one of the best hanks performances too like yeah, that you never think about yeah. he's such it, he you know he wrote and directed it but you never think about how good he is as an actor mm -hmm. in that movie he's just so my, good as the manager for sure my theory with hanks on that sorry is is i think that you can tell you, you can tell he was having a lot of fun with it and i think he was having extra fun because he wasn't trying to win an oscar and not i think hanks has always been great at doing oscar -y movies without seeming like he's just stretching hard to get an Oscar, you know, but you Red come Manning off that stretch. The verb. Uh, it's called Red <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but you come off that stretch with Philadelphia and, and Forrest Gump and Apollo 13 and all that. And then this movie comes right on the heels of that. And I, I imagine it just had to be a blast to be, to perform in a way that's just like, I'm just having a good time. That's it. And, and, uh, it's, and he is, he's so good at that. It's, it's awesome in that role. Yeah. Uh, Future American Treasure, Steve Zahn, is incredible mm. in the movie, too. There's some very iconic scenes, too. I think that scene where they hear themselves on the radio is, like... So awesome. ...is a top 10 movie scene ever. Like, it's it's incredible how, how good it is. And, you know, it's just a, such a memorable moment in movie history. Um, there's actually a, a scene that was cut that's in the extended edition of them all buying the radios, and saying, mm -hmm. hey, let's all tune to different stations, and then we'll see if we come on the radio, you know? And it's it's funny that you would think that that would be necessary, but it really isn't, you know? So, like, I even felt like the theatrical cut is perfect, too, you know? Mm -hmm. it's. Mm -hmm. it, 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 I think both cuts are, are very good, and you, you see, but I think the sacrifices they made for the theater were the right ones, and it didn't take anything away from the overall overall movie and enjoyment of the movie, but... Gosh, so many great songs. You know, the Wonders were like, should have been a real band. Like, they should have 
Mm-hmm. They should have toured. Yeah. I know. I don't think Jonathan Shake or whatever his name is, uh, who plays Jimmy, that yeah. wasn't his real voice singing. But everybody else like could actually play their parts. Mm-hmm. Like they should have taken advantage of that <laughs> and done an actual tour because that thing would have sold out everywhere. You know, yeah, they should now. I mean, that's, now. the movie's yeah. bigger now than it was when it came out for sure. And, yeah, and it would be that'd be a fun bit to and uh, and to it's, do a tour with. Yeah, and part of the reason they did it was because Adam Schlesinger died, the guy who wrote um, that thing you do, the song. Mm-hmm. But man, that song just makes the movie too. How yeah. good and catchy that song is. Like if you don't have the right song to base the movie around, I don't think it works nearly mm-hmm. as well. And yep. it does. You hear the song, I think, twelve times in the movie. And, Great soundtrack, um, man. So Gosh. good. And one nugget that they said on the live stream that I didn't know too, actually. One is that the the Mercyhurst College Talent Show, that scene was shot in the same place that Marty McFly plays Johnny B. Good. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. I didn't either. And That's also cool. the. Um, Hollywood television showcase scene is the Price is Right uh, set or stage. Nice. So I had no idea. That's so they cool. were throwing out kind of nugget. I think you can go back and watch it on YouTube. If you have the theatrical version, you can sync it up with them and, and they talk over it. But uh, but yeah, Giovanni Ribisi showed up looking for unobtainium in the stream and <laughs> Colin Hanks showed up because I forgot he was actually in the movie. He's like the usher that uh, yeah. mm-hmm. ushers live into the the showcase. Um, but he talked a little bit about the memory of that and his dad making it, you know, he Hanks made that, um, I think in his trailer during Forrest Gump, like he wrote it like between takes yeah, like, get the, uh, or during get like the, the press tour or whatever. Yeah. Had to, had to have a release of some kind. So, <laughs> so yeah, man, that's a, that's Just a great way. Forrest and, Gump impacted the world, you know, changed yeah, I, everything. I think on my list it was number nine or something, but it might be a top fiver for me after after time. It only gets better with every re- rewatch, mm. and it's mm-hmm. such a fun movie, you know, like a family, yeah. enjoyable family film, you know, that everybody you, – you, you can recommend that to your grandparents, your, your nieces, nephews, everybody would like it. And mm-hmm. I was texting my sister that night, and uh, you know, we were talking about it because her and I – I saw it together in the theaters back in the nineties. And I was like, gosh, I'm rewatching this. And it's so good. And like the next day she texted me and that she was watching it. She's like, gosh, this movie is so good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just one that you, you kind of forget about until you, you watch it and you're like, gosh, Hanks, Hanks just, man, I would have bet the farm on Hanks as a director too, after that. Wouldn't you like, oh, that's yeah. his first outing yeah. as writer director. And it, it, that thing, you know, I would have been like, gosh, this guy's going to yeah. have a Ron Howard esque, directorial career and he did with i mean he follows that up with larry crown yeah only a scant 15 years later and it, it totally lives <laughs> up to the hype right so yeah that's a great recommend brian i'm gonna recommend uh a movie that that the wife had not seen believe it or not and we're from dallas fort worth and so i figured it was imperative for her to see this uh it's jfk the oliver stone movie oh nice and we were just talking one night about conspiracy theories, I think, surrounding it and kind of the story behind Lee Harvey Oswald and and uh, all that happened there. And she didn't really know. And I was I realized I was mentioning things that were in the movie. And I was like, let's just watch JFK because <laughs> she was like, oh, I've never seen it. Who plays JFK? Because she thought it was a biopic about wow. uh, about him. And so I was like, no, no, no. This is it's about, you know, Jim Garrison, who's the. A DA of New Orleans who ends up being, you know, going basically going to trial over the conspiracy or or whatever, and 
gosh, it's such a good script. I've totally forgotten how well it, how well it's done. I mean, it's such a long movie. It's like over three hours, but uh, it's, it's definitely Oliver Stone's best work. Uh, in my opinion, Kevin Costner's great in it, but didn't get any really award recognition for it. Yeah, that was a weird time in the Costner run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he do dances with wolves and everybody's bowing yeah, down, exactly. but then he does JFK, <laughs> which is this super political nuanced performance. That's, you know, he, he's playing like a Southern lawyer and you'd think nowadays it would totally be nominated, but back then, be, yeah, J- Tommy, Lee, Tommy Lee Jones got nominated for JFK and he's not good in that movie. He's like really <laughs> weird. And like, he's wearing like a, a white, like curly weird, wig and stuff. Weird wig. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Pesci got nominated too. Pesci not wearing was, that wig. Pesci was coming off of uh, Home Alone and did did uh, and he's wearing a weird wig in it too. Uh, Pesci, but Pesci yeah, a wig on you. He's mm-hmm. he's he's got kind of a Sam Jackson Travolta under understated on Pesci. The uh, good wig game scene that I really like in the movie that I think is really shot really well and it's edited great is the scene where Jim Garrison and his colleague who is actually uh phil horace the uh, manager of the own eaters the same actor um he and they're up in the sixth floor and they have the rifle and they're counting how long it takes to shoot three shots and if the angles could line up but meanwhile it's cut together with like actual footage from the day you know so that whole sequence is just beautifully done and 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 well executed by oliver stone so yeah if you're interested in the jfk assassination conspiracy theories all that it's it's worth your time it's i think it's a, a must watch for everybody that lives in dfw and gary oldman's great as lee harvey oswald too and looks exactly yeah. like him it's creepy <laughs> it's like yeah he's very good in the movie so i don't know if yeah, that's good historical of, uh, documentary yeah i don't know if that's the first appearance of of chameleon gary gary uh oldman but it almost said gary coleman <laughs> um I don't know if that's the first Show time that respect, he did that, dude. but it's, it certainly was the first one that like really got a lot of recognition, I think, and, and showed like, oh, that's what this guy's about is is uh, really disappearing into characters and stuff. It's, yeah, very, very good. And he's doing like a Texas, like weird Southern accent, like almost, uh, I don't know, he's he's kind of from Louisiana too, but he's an English actor. So it's like, how is he, <laughs> yeah, you're like chameleoning into this role. Um, so yeah, JFK is my, my recommend. Those one of the, one of the only movies I watched that wasn't directly for the pod. So I thought I'd recommend that for the, for the listener. All right, let's move on to maybe TV. Everybody got a TV recommend. I do. Yeah. All right. P. Gill, kick us off. This has been recommended before, but it is now on Hulu for for free and via the the HBO app too. So I don't know exactly how it works, but I know it. A bunch of HBO shows have been put up for free, and then some of them popped up on Hulu during the the midst of quarantine and all this sort of stuff. Um, and it's McMillions. We never did like a full episode on it or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know one. Did both of y'all recommend this at some point? Or I recommended it. I, it, I think okay. maybe the first extended recommends. Did okay. I? Maybe okay. I don't know. All right. At some well, point then I, I'll, I'll keep it really it. short. But I felt like since it, it just got to to a place where you can get it for free or with a, something you're already paying for, you know, if you're getting a Hulu subscription, it was worth saying. McMillions is awesome, and I like one of the more enjoyable type of docu series I've seen in a really long time. Um, and tells a really interesting and cool story. Uh, so I won't go long on it because we have talked about it a ton before. But but now that it's uh, 
easily accessible to anyone because um, it's one of the series they put up for free. Please check it out. It's so much fun and really just just crazy to see what these people were able to get away with and why they were able to get away with it and how their whole system worked. And Doug, the FBI agent, is the best character of of 2020, no question. Uh, he's he's an he's a human golden retriever, and I love him. So McMillions on free HBO on Hulu on I guess pretty much anywhere now uh, for for the foreseeable future anyway. Yeah, how pissed is Agent Doug at Joe Exotic for stealing all his <laughs> lovable reality show character hype? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they. McMillions just did because it's HBO. I mean, HBO doesn't get the eyes that Netflix does. Um, people, and then you're right. And then Joe Exotic came around and, and took some of that shine. But gosh, guys, Doug, Doug rules. If Doug this would have been cool on Netflix, guy. it would have been huge. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah you're right. For sure. Nobody, nobody really uh, saw it. I, I still think they should do a movie or they're supposed to. I think Ben Affleck has the rights to it or something. He does, yeah. As yeah. director, to be director? I think so, yeah. Who would you want to be Agent Doug? I I have a hard time with that because all I can see in Doug is Burt Macklin from uh, uh, Chris Pratt's fake <laughs> character in Parks and Recreation. Yeah, and so it's FBI. like, it's hard to even think of anyone else in that role except for not even a real human being, except for Andy Dwyer, a character from Parks. You know what I mean? It's a tough, it's a tough sell, but he's, he's think. so I'm goofy looking. and, and lovable and stuff. And, and, uh, uh, to me, like the funniest thing in that whole series is when the other agent is like, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we gave Doug a fake gun, like basically like we can, he's, he's great, but he's just so serious about being an FBI agent and stuff that we got to make sure that we keep him under, uh, under wraps. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun bit, but yeah, Doug's That's awesome. Great work by that landline phone in every <laughs> shot talking ahead of Doug, just that. Don't you guys miss... <laughs> I miss a desk phone, man. I, miss, I was thinking about so having a, a house. Like, remember having a house phone and like yeah. somebody calling your house and being so excited, like, "Oh, somebody's oh, calling wait. me." I still. I'm miss, gonna get a house phone. Like, anytime very I can soon. talk on a landline, I'm so excited. <laughs> it sounds so good. I have kind of weird ears, and I can never hear really well on a cell phone. And like, a, when it kind of cups your ear, like a landline does, and it's got that really good tone to it. it just, I mean, I. We need to just get landlines and talk on the phone. Screw I these was, fancy uh, microphones we spent a ton of money on. Uh, that are I, was watching, <laughs> I was watching, I guess, like Instagram Live. Um, Jonah Hill was doing one with GQ where he was talking about like his favorite, like, like basically what we're doing now, like mm -hmm. things to watch during the quarantine. And like somebody rang his landline phone and the guy, <laughs> the GQ guy was like, you have a landline phone? And Jonah Hill was like, yeah, um, I only give out my landline number for business because I hate like talking, like being super passionate about something and then it just cuts out or I get hung up on. And then it's like, it kills the whole flow of things. So he's like, I only talk business on a landline phone. It's like, that is dope. I'm doing that. <laughs> All my, I'm going to have a work, a work phone and a cell phone. My work phone's going to be in my office. Although I love that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but I said Agent Doug should be Sam Rockwell. That's who I see as. Yeah, he could. He could as totally that, do uh, that. Yeah, that character. Sure. He's a really sure. goofy Sam Rockwell. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, good. Good recommend, McMillions. Definitely would would recommend that as well. Okay, Richard, what you got? Yeah, I'm gonna do. I've got a couple here, but I'll do one that's really relevant. This is kind of a uh, an easy one right now. That's that started mm -hmm. and is ongoing. I'm gonna do the Last Dance, the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary with ESPN yes. and Netflix that they've done. 
two episodes in last night as we record this on a Monday. Uh, and I watched today. I did a crazy, I, did, I got, uh, this evening I did a two hour Peloton ride while watching. I burned 1800 calories while watching Man. this Jordan documentary. That's not a brag on the calorie. I mean, that's how enthralled I was. I couldn't, because mm-hmm. my rule was I can't get off the bike till it's over. And I, it was the easiest workout I've ever done. Like it <laughs> was so great. Um, and so well done. And I had texted you guys a couple of days ago. It's like, it would be actually, I was kind of rooting cause you know, I'm an agent of chaos, like the Joker. There was so much hype around this thing. I was like, man, it'd be really funny if this was just really bad, but man, is it good? And, and well-made Kent, you know, made several documentaries in the sports world, I think can probably speak to it technically more than I, but I'm just, I'm, I'm loving it. And this is a team that kind of, I grew up with a story I grew up with, but I haven't much research on it because a, it's kind of like researching the Yankees, right? You want to know more about kind of more esoteric teams or something, but B, you know, Jordan's never told his old own story before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even Tom Brady and, these people like go on W E I or whatever at once a week, but you know, or have Instagrams, you know, Derek Jeter is secretive as he is like, you know, that, you know, Jordan has never done this. And so watching him kind of open up and, and the way they're telling the story around him and the way it, it definitely is going to come to a head, like a game of Thrones finale and the way they tease it. I, I just think it's, it's stellar, the whole construct of it. Mm-hmm. And then you go, man, it's weird. Jordan was like, I mean, obviously this is true, but he's the most famous person on the planet. And then one day he's just kind of not anymore. And and he just, but by his decision, because he didn't continue to live in that world. We, I think I kind of, you kind of underrate, I don't think anyone underrates him as a player as certainly, I think most people would say he's the greatest player ever, but I think we underrate him a bit as like a a decade of that nineties decade, especially I, I mean, he was bigger than any actor. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like so handsome and, such a star and, and, uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, I was watching, I was like, man, this thing is exactly what, you know, I, I would have, yeah. fi- I could probably could have done another two hours. I probably would have died on the bike. I would have just watched <laughs> two more hours and just passed out. Um, but it was, it is fabulous. I listened to Simmons and Rosillo today talk about this a bit and Rosillo, I mean, he, he, coming on the show and he's all fired up about it and stuff was awesome. And I was like, that's exactly how I felt watching that. I didn't finish it until, I don't know, one 30 in the morning, 2 AM almost last night. Cause I had to wait and watch it later after it was, it was done and stuff. And I was just fired up and like ready to go. (laughs) And, and, uh, I wish I had a pellet. That probably, that's maybe what I need to do for the next round. Uh, Richard is, is like actually exercise, but, uh, yeah, I was, it was, I, I wasn't afraid that it was going to be bad, but I definitely was a little bit kind of like, eh, it, I'm, it could be okay, you know? And I'd still be great. It would still be great if it was okay, if that makes sense, because it's yeah, just like, like the content. Yeah, because Jordan yeah. stuff, it gets annoying through no fault of Jordan. It's just... Sure, sure. At a certain point, you've only said someone's great. You can only right, hear it a million totally, times, right? Totally. And and, and yeah. so I was worried it would be a little of that, but it's not. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's just really well done, and I've I've greatly appreciated the way that they where they started the story and the way that they've gone back and told the sort of history leading up to that last season um sort of almost in flashbacks you know the way that it that it's it's structured like that the first two episodes it's really cool and yeah you, you and the interviews that they got it's huge so yeah i mean um, it's best yeah. and it's it's interesting and i want to hear ken's thoughts on it 
really bad, but it, it, I was kind of confused leading up to it because I was like, it was definitely about the last season of the Bulls was the construct, mm-hmm. but then it was also seemed like it was a definitive Jordan documentary, and I didn't understand how both of those things could be true. And then ten minutes into it, you go, oh, okay, I get, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. The A story is the final season of the Bulls dynasty, and the B story is all the context around it. Okay, cool. I'm sure. here, you know, and that's a really smart yeah, construct. Totally. But Ken, have totally. you watched it yet? I have watched episode one. I'm, I was going to watch episode two, but I had work and stuff to do today and it mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't block out two hours. So I watched the epi- the first episode this morning um, when I was kind of checking my email and drinking coffee and stuff. And gosh, production value is great on it. The, the people they interviewed is, is fantastic too. I mean, you got presidents being interviewed for it, you know, Clinton, Chicago and, resident oh, and Arkansas Chicago. governors. <laughs> yeah. I, I talked on another podcast about that and they brought up a good point. It's like Barack Obama does not need a super that says former president. No, Everybody I, knows who Barack <laughs> Obama, you know, yeah. like that's like, uh, he was saying, everyone was saying if, if LeBron shows up in a documentary, I mean, if MJ shows up in a documentary about LeBron, he didn't need to say Michael Jordan, former Chicago Bull. It's like everybody knows who the hell he is. I did Um, love it, though, where it was like um, Michael Jordan. I played for the Chicago Bulls with a hiatus between 1984 and 1998. I'm Scotty Maurice Pippen. I'm from Hamburg, uh, Arkansas, blah, blah, blah. I'm Dennis Rodman. What's up? That was the best (laughs) moment of the (laughs) documentary thus far. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the big thing for me, I had the same questions you did, Richard, is like, is this only because you could probably do 10 out uh, 10 hours on just that final season, and it would sure. probably still be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, about everybody kind of trying to go for one last one, even though they might have been past their prime and all that, all the drama surrounding Jordan coming back and, and all that stuff. But I'm with you, man, I was hoping they would do something on the history of Jordan. Cause I didn't know much about him as a college player or when he was drafted or those early years. Like I didn't, I didn't know who he was or follow him of course, until they were winning championships. And I was fascinated by that. Just the, the you know, Roy Williams talking about him and, mm-hmm. and the way he fell to three in the draft for a legitimate reason, you know? And yeah. I, I've always used that analogy with in work and in life. It's like anytime you don't get, get your, get your way, it's like, um, you know, Mike, the, the Blazers didn't, didn't, uh, draft Michael Jordan cause they didn't need a power forward. It's simple as that. You yeah, know, it's like, yeah. why didn't I get this job that I wanted? It's cause you weren't the right fit for the right time. It's just didn't work, you know? And I've always used that analogy just in life of why he didn't end up there. It's because it wasn't right, you know? And, uh, it wouldn't have been right if he was there, you know, he wouldn't have been the player he was playing behind, Clyde Drexler, right? And so, and then of course, yeah. in today's game or sports in general, they would just trade Clyde Drexler for a bunch of picks and yeah, mm-hmm. get, <laughs> yeah. You know, that would be them the move over drafting the stiff. Yeah. And Hakeem Olajuwon was the, the consensus over. If Chicago had the number one pick, they would have taken Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. That's know? the thing like, with Hakeem too is like awesome. I mean, people, stud. yeah, he was he's a top ten player of all time, and so even knowing that they passed on Jordan. You still don't kill the the Rockets no, for no. doing that, you know. Especially you, in that era, basketballs the, the, were set. Yeah, were center totally. was such a key absolutely. thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. Rod Thorne, who's the MVP of the first episode, by the way, definitely want to have beers with that guy. That guy seems like he rules. <laughs> who I never <laughs> would have thought I used to dump on him mm-hmm. all the time when he ran the Nets, but uh, <laughs> where he's like. Everyone would have taken Hakeem Olajuwon, including me. <laughs> like, just owns it. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's funny how they talk about, you know, Jordan showed up like day one of the first practice and everyone was like, oh, this guy's ungodly good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. knew he was like the goat immediately, <laughs> you know, like he's just unlike anything that anyone had ever seen. And gosh, it's amazing. But I think the key, Richard, and you're talking about making these is the, the fact that they got Jordan's cooperation yeah. with this and like they mm-hmm. actually sat him down to talk about stuff because you can do one on him and talk about him all the time and show, fo- you know, show footage of him back in the day. But to have him actually yeah. chiming in on stuff makes all the difference for something and like being this. Relatively candid as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talking about the drugs and stuff, what the other two players were doing and stuff. That was, I didn't expect that. You also don't get, if you don't have MJ on board, you also don't get the same. You maybe get access to these other people, Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and and Sam's reporters and all that. You may get access, but they're not going to give you the same stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to give you the open book if they know that MJ is against it. Because even at, his age, you still don't want to make him enemy out of Michael Jordan. I mean, he's a pretty powerful dude and also he might be a sociopath. So like you don't want to cross. I think just having him on board kind of allows everybody else involved to say what they, what they want to say and what they, you know, what they remember really without having it kind of cloaked in the secrecy that you would get otherwise. I think if this was, semi or fully unauthorized you know i'm wondering how deep they go because there's a lot of i mean let's let's say probably episodes three or four i mean i wonder if jordan had to sign off on this thing you know they said he was nervous about the release because of how he would come off but well i mean i'm wondering if they cover his how they cover his dad's death and yeah get into that game and get into like could have been him the whole time or you know being the cause i'm sure they do actually Mm-hmm. If they went where they went with the OJ thing and they're like basically showing the murder <laughs> on TV, like yeah. I think they're going to go all out with this. But they don't want anyone to leave saying they left. They didn't unturn yeah. this stone, you know, it's with the, this documentary. For sure. Man, it's it's super impressive. I, it's really yeah. good, man. I don't think it's as good thus far. I'm two episodes in. I don't think it's as good as the OJ doc, but it's a it's way more watchable that makes like it's oh, just yeah. a blast yeah. to watch yeah. like those hours fly but the You're only right, thing though, was richard it, it feels like mj's been gone forever you yeah. just don't hear even though he owns a team you just don't yeah. he's just not in the public eye Polar, anymore man. you know think about how much more famous charles barkley is than michael jordan at this yeah. point yeah you know and Shaq. yeah guys like and, that yeah yeah totally i mean it, it it's it's like it'd be like if tom cruise just kind of went away in 2000 <laughs> um, you know, he was the most famous person in the world for a couple years, a couple, like nine Ten. years. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's, it's, and then by his own, whatever design kind of just wasn't anymore. And he's still very, I mean, don't get me wrong. He does. It's not like he goes to, um, whatever horrible clothes shows he sh- shops he goes to and, and doesn't get recognized, but <laughs> Haynes, Haynes headquarters. <laughs> sure. But what does, he's still rocking those kind of Jinko jeans, even in the Gosh. talking head. It's great. But the cigar and the scotch. Yeah. And the talking head and the ice is constantly changing. And I told Brian this earlier, Kent, this is my, you make documentaries. This is my rule for you. Tell people when you're shooting these things, unless you have a baller house, David Aldridge does this. My boy, David Aldridge, who I love uh, in this documentary, he's at the, he's at the Mayflower downtown DC. You can tell if you don't have a like crazy, awesome house, which is fine. None of us, well, most of us don't <laughs> uh, just get a suite at a cool hotel or just like mm-hmm. 
reserve the lounge for four hours. They'll probably give you that for free if you're shooting a legit documentary. It looks so good with the big open light. You look so much more authoritative than when like some of the talking heads like they're just at your lame kitchen table because you didn't make a lot of money and that's fine. I haven't made a lot of money. My kitchen table shots would be lame. Uh, but like get a hotel when you do these docs. Yeah. It's, it'll cost <laughs> them. It'll cost $300. The company, the production, ESPN will cover that. Yeah, it's that definitely stuck out to me. I mean, the production value I always look at and it looks great. I mean, the lighting is great on all. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big thing with going and doing interviews, like going to someone's house and doing an interview. Cause they're like, yeah, just come on over. We'll do it in my office. And you're like, yeah. okay, great. You show up and it's like, there's no windows. <laughs> there's like one lamp and they're like, you have one light and you're like, okay, I have to make this look good. You know? Exactly. Um, they're, they, they seem to be on top of that. And yeah. that's stuck Rod out Dorn's to me. house looks awesome by the way. And you can see the houses <laughs> in the neighborhood. Nice neighborhood. Good for Rod Dorn. <laughs> that stuck out to me about McMillions too. Like the production value was fantastic mm-hmm. McMillions, yeah. but I didn't know that the bulls, like there was a documentary crew following them around that last year. Like none of that footage had yeah, ever been used in any, in yeah. any form. I had heard that like five years ago that like this mythical footage existed. Yeah. Um, and then when this thing started running about, I was like, Oh, maybe that has to. And then you get five minutes of this and you're like, yes. MJ said uh, that he only agreed to do this right after the Cavs won the championship with LeBron. Mm-hmm. So you think maybe if that doesn't the happen, does, of reasons, does he ever do this? Jordan, Jordan. You know, like he's finally feels like he can come out now and like come out from behind the covers because from, I guess from then now it's less of a conversation than it was, but it's just weird that that was the event that's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it now. And then they've, I guess they've taken since 2016, They've taken four years to make this thing, you know? And I mean, that's about right. I spent about six months on a doc that was about an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. So you probably get two and a half hours done a year, max. That makes about, that makes sense, you know, from a, from a timeline standpoint. But yeah, gosh, I cannot wait for this thing to, to end. I'm going to watch this multiple. I've watched the OJ one like two or three times all the way through. I'm definitely going to do that with this one too. And gosh. I'm so lucky we got to live through that though in the nineties. Yeah, same. Like so many, even NBA players now, mm-hmm. you're born in 2000. You know, <laughs> you don't, you didn't get to see Michael play really. You know, and so I, I'm just glad. Like I remember sitting in CC's Pizza and watching him <laughs> like make his final shot against the Utah Jazz. You know, for the championship, that one like crossover shot, like kind of at the in between the free throw line and the three point line. You know. Mm. And I'll always remember that, you know? Um, so great, man. Can't wait for this. Can't wait for, for, for the ending. And we yeah. might do an app when, they, when all 10 are over. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be a fun, I think that'd be fun to tell the, I was going to say, know. Brian should cover it on his basketball pod. He um, probably have, right? We are this week. Toby okay. and I are talking about the first, the first two episodes this week. And then I think from here on, we'll do like a, you know, a segment on whatever. Mm-hmm. Has Volunteering myself. That. I would yeah. love to come sure. on if you need, for sure. if you guys are tired yeah. of each other. But no pressure. Yeah, always. But a lot of pressure. Hate, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I hate him. It's it's fine. It's a feud. <laughs> did they get Phil Jackson for this? I don't yeah. remember seeing him. They he did, shows yeah. up a lot more in the second one. Okay. He's, he's I know, we're right where he is. He's, right outside, he's got a little patio right outside Tamarack in Lakeside. <laughs> yeah. Did they get Kukoc? Arby's no P- no Kukoc yet. A lot yeah, of Kerr, which is funny. I mean, Kukoc might have a language Kukoc, issue. They hate Kukoc, and he hates them, I think. So that's, yeah, that's part of it. I respect both yeah. parties on that. Same, same. Yeah. Nice. But it is funny, like the 
Coach had to be furious, and we need to move on, I'm sure. But the like, kind of the marketing stuff, um, building up to this was like Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Kerr. Bison Dealey. He's like, uh, <laughs> Kerr averaged five points a game. Like, Kukoc, right, right. I mean, Kerr he hit some two big good shots, shots and, the whole time <laughs> and is a wonderful human being and coach. But right. Kukoc yeah. was five times the player of Steve yeah. Kerr. Yeah. I wonder if they genuinely don't have anything with him because I don't like. I'm sure you yeah. know this, Richard, but in case the listener doesn't or can't, I don't know if you know this. They, the Bulls drafted him early in '90 or '91, yeah, and they that that whole the junk with Scottie Pippen started then. Jerry Krause wanted to bring in Tony Kukoc and kind of made a big big deal about this guy's going to be the replacement basically, and. Then in, when the dream team happened and and the U.S. played, mm-hmm. it was Croatia, right, Richard? Am I all those all the countries I know, now? Those Serbian bloc countries. Yeah, uh, I think it was Croatia. Yeah, but I, think I so. I could be wrong. Regardless, when the, when the U.S. played Tony Kukoc's country, yeah, he's Croatian. Uh, Jordan and Pippen, ba- ba- you know this about Jordan being the most petty human being on on the planet in a lot of ways. Sure. They were like, well, in, in a lot of good ways uh, too, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. He he he. They basically said we're we are going to destroy this kid because mm-hmm. Jerry Krause thinks he's going to replace Scott. No, he's not. And they, I mean, you know, we won all those games by a hundred points, and that one was rough. Like they just went after this poor Croatian kid who's just like, hey, I'm just here to have fun, guys. Like we all know we're losing to y'all. Can we just can we can we get along? And they were like, no, we're going to make your life miserable. And uh, it was the backup to Rodman. Just the last thing, the white guy, Weddington, Bill Weddington, yeah, yeah. maybe. Luke He's Longley? been in this Luke, Longley. Luke Longley. That's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Well, Luke, Luke Longley, Longley started at center, and then Rodman mm-hmm. was power forward. Gotcha. Right. Weddington was the big man off the bench. I'm thinking yeah. of the big white guy. That's Luke Longley. Yeah, they're both yeah. Big L- white L-U-C, guys. right? Yeah, yeah. L-U-C, Australian. Yep. Australian mm-hmm. zone went to New Mexico. Yeah, man. <laughs> good times. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about this in, at a later date, I'm yeah. sure. But uh, fun good documentary, though, man. I, I would advise, yeah. even if you're not a basketball fan, I, I think you oh, would yeah. enjoy it. I really do. Oh, for I'm sure. not just yeah. saying that yeah. as a crazy basketball fan. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to recommend a TV show that's kind of in the reality uh, sense. So it's kind of funny that we all have recommends like this. This is a show that's on ITV in the UK right now, but it premieres. At, at the end of May on AMC in the U.S., uh, it's called Quiz. It's a three-part. Oh, I've heard about uh, this. It's a three-part series. Um, each is an hour long, so the total thing is three hours. And it's a dramatization, or it's a it's a telling of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire scandal in the U.K. So there's a mm. there is a scandal where they think somebody cheated on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, yeah. and won a million dollars. And so it's the whole origin of that and the fallout of that, the trial and everything. It's really well done. The first episode, the, you know, it's like Celadon coming up with the idea for the game show, you know, and how they came up with the idea for who wants to be a millionaire and what a hit it became. And then the second episode is kind of the, it actually playing out on the, on the show. And then the third episode is like the trial. So it's really good the way they break it up, but super interesting. I watched this in maybe half a day. And really enjoyed it. I was actually talking about it with our friends in Talk Sport because it premiered last week on ITV. Uh, mm. And so I watched it through that and then asked them about it. And then Andy Goldstein, the um, yeah, the host of Talk Sport, was like, 
he's like, my wife worked for Seldon. He's like during this time. And he's like, all the people that are being portrayed are like my wife's friends and all of our friends. <laughs> So, so it's a, he it's lived a, like they lived through it. So it's not a doc; it's a it's a dramatized. They've show? done a doc already on it. It's actually okay. yeah, it's a dramatized show okay, of cool, it. Cool, of cool. it. But I mean, it's basically a doc. It's huh. it's pretty factual. It's good performances. Um, guy that directed it is is what's his name that directed High Fidelity? Um, Stephen Frears. Stephen Frears. Yeah, directed great it. great director. So yeah, man, it's good production value, and and I mean, it could be a three hour movie if you wanted it to be, but they split it up like that. Yeah. Really well done and such an interesting story. If you if you didn't know about it uh, before, I mean, I still don't know what I think actually happened, to be honest with you. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm excited for you guys to be able to watch it and for Sweet. our listeners to be able to watch it and seek that Heck out. Yeah. It's called Quiz. Awesome. They probably would have called it Quiz Show had something not, sure. not been called Quiz Show. That was very well received already, but... Yeah, man, I love a good scandal. I love a McMillions. <laughs> I love, I love like cheating and people getting caught and all that. I just, I, if you know any any uh, documentaries that are like McMillions or like Quiz, let me know because I'm so into them, and I am I love a, a good have public you, scandal. Have you yeah. watched any of the? It's a little bit different, but still scandalous. Any of like the smartest guys in the room, or too big to fail? Any of the, like financial scandal docs? No. You might like those, Kent. I haven't. Uh, I, I know about them. Yeah. But I, I just... I love those movies. It's so though. much harder for me to follow than, yeah, I guess, these entertainment totally. like, the, ones. Um, the Too Big to Fail one is, is really well done. Like, meaning it's super easy to follow. Um, the is it a TV one's show a or a book? It's a book that they adapted into a documentary. So they okay, have gotcha. all the all the key players as, as talking heads and stuff in it. Um, Aaron Ross Sorkin, who wrote the book and Hank Paulson, who was the head of the treasury and all that. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty very, very simplified. I think you would dig, I mean, if you like a good scandal doc, I mean, it's finance, but it's a pretty mm-hmm. macro big scandal doc. If you, if you're in, I'll that. seek I, that out. Then. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that it. I've seen the Enron one out there a bunch. I just, I'm like, Ugh, I the don't know Enron, if I can do Enron is like, I mean, I've read like every Enron book. It's a weird pastime of mine, but like, even I like twenty percent. I've read literally probably two thousand pages on Enron and seen every doc, and I understand twenty percent of it. I mean, it's so nuanced. <laughs> um, but but uh, the the too big to fail one makes they do a really good job with that. It's a, it, actually, I've read the book too. The documentary is better than the book. Nice, nice. Well, uh, let's do one more recommend each. I'm going to do a quick one. I'm going to do a book, and it's. I know you guys have recommended it in the past. I'm always like four years behind you guys on books, but I'm really enjoying it right now. It's the big picture by Ben Fritz. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's called, uh, I guess the big picture and the the future of movies, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's about the future of the industry, how movie studios think, but a a big part of it is the Sony hack and Mm -hmm. Amy Pascal Mm -hmm. and her career and, kind of why she got in the position she did and how she fell out of that position and you know why blockbusters are so prevalent these days and it's either a superhero movie or nothing and when you read it you're like yeah that makes sense you know mm-hmm. from a financial standpoint and and all that but if you're into the entertainment business at all like I am I mean I'm obsessed with the industry of Hollywood I just like I think it's so fascinating yeah, this is a great read and um, very well researched. They use a lot of the WikiLeaks stuff in it, and 
I, I mean, I, I remember the WikiLeaks thing happened. I spent probably half a day on, I was texting you guys stuff from it. Like, like direct, I was copying and pasting from WikiLeaks, like just emails. news of actresses though. And I was yeah. like, please stop. You yeah, it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, it was actors though, actually that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was so just, many red main spread butt pics. <laughs> No, you can still hear him mumbling though. Let that one breathe a little bit. Just so you guys can. (laughs) Sorry, I got down the road. I couldn't bail. I couldn't pull the ripcord. I apologize. (laughs) I like my layout there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, man, it's 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 fascinating and it's right up my alley. Kind of the war for late night. I talked about. I think last recommends and um, I saw some of our VIPs have picked that one up and started that one. But yeah, it's along those same lines. The big picture by Ben Fritz. It's my recommend for a book. What about you, Richard? Yeah, I've got a couple. I've got three books here. I'm just going to go fast because they're they're good and they're very different. So the first is Titan, uh, which is about John D. Rockefeller, which is by Ron Chernow, who did the Hamilton book that the Hamilton play was based on, and George Washington. It's a book about John D. Rockefeller. If you're interested in kind of the history of American capitalism and how like Standard Oil and those companies came to be, um, good book, better Audible. Um, really well done. And, and, uh, if you want to, sometimes people in this, these times, like a big, thick biography to read, that would be my recommend there. Second one is a novel from a few years ago, which is the dead do not improve by Jay Caspian Kang. You guys know, I get, I send you guys Jay Caspian Kang tweets all the time, which are, he's my favorite person on Twitter. Cause I love his contrarian nature. And this is a really cool kind of surfer noir kind of inherent vicey, um, but mixed with like modern internet culture mixed with the Virginia Tech shooting. I know, that seems weird, but it really works, and it's a really <laughs> smart mystery. Um, Two of my favorite things. I know, and we won't say which. Um, but uh, that, that that's a really cool kind of modern, uh, hard-boiled detective story, which is fun. And the third is, if you've read um, The Accidental Billionaires, which the social network is based on, or Hacking Twitter, or any of these books about modern tech companies, a new one out called No Filter by Sarah Fryer, which is about the rise of Instagram and its acquisition by Facebook, which is really cool too. So those are my three book recommends right now that are very different. But if you want a light, fluffy kind of business narrative, I would go No Filter. If you want a cool novel, The Dead Do Not Approve by Jay Kang. If you want a big, thick biography, Titan by Ron Chernow. Nice. The, All right, the triumvirate of, of Richard book recommends. That's, yeah, there you go. Uh, that's hardcore, man. That's hardcore. I've been in a dry spell on the book front. The last few I've read have been like, okay, nothing bad by any means, but nothing that's just like, oh yeah, I got to recommend that really. Um, it's been kind of, but I'm sure it comes in waves for me. So it'll pick up. I'll start reading books that you've recommended, Richard, and I'll, I'll get back on track. I've got some that's good ones for you both. I think you'd both, yeah. both dig. Sweet. I'll check that up. I'm going to recommend it for my last rec. I'm going to, I'm going to do kind of a joint recommend of uh, a podcast and a media entity that's running the podcast. The podcast is called Boomtown. It's done by or in conjunction with Texas Monthly. Um, and yeah. it's about the oil industry and the history big, of the oil big industry day in, for them in Texas. Today. I mean, yeah, definitely. Banner yeah. day. Yeah. Rough, rough stuff. Um, you know, there's uh, anyway, uh, I don't want to get political. The, the uh, podcast series, it's it's narrated. It goes through the history of oil in the Permian Basin. Um, I don't think, I mean, obviously we have familiarity with that because we're here in Texan and stuff, but I don't think that it matters. I don't think you have to be, have some like familiarity or, or, or interest even in, in Texas culture. It's just, it's more about the economy and the oil industry and the way that it works, but it's, 
the history of it and how booms and busts work and the way that, uh, you know, what, how that goes down and what comes with both of those things. And, um, it's a really well done podcast. I think it's 10 episodes long and then the host is really good and he has some experience. He, he used to work in the, the oil industry in the, in the, on the, the oil derricks and stuff. And, uh, it's really well done. The other part of that too, is just like, uh, Texas monthly is awesome. And again, I mm-hmm. don't think you need to be a Texan to appreciate no. the journalism that comes out of this, this magazine. And I've, I've said something about that to, to friends recently. And they're like, really Texas monthly is getting I'm like, yeah, Texas monthly is awesome. Like great the, history too. And, and right out yeah, about a lot of yeah. issues. I was just reading this book a couple months, a couple months ago about, uh, the bridge between Nixon to Reagan. Um, mm-hmm. neither of whom are Texans as you would may note, they're both Californians and like all the best quotes and things that were on the, on the most right side of history during that whole, um, time in the, in the late seventies, essentially are all mm-hmm. Texas monthly mm-hmm. quotes. Like they were, I mean, historically just a really smart, um, kind of centrist, cool publication. Yeah. Long, and long not just history. Political, I just mean, totally. Yeah. You, long history of, of, really really good journalism mm-hmm. and, and yep. across the spectrum and so Lawrence Wright you know, for God's sakes like, I mean yeah Lawrence Wright obviously um and and there's other two but they they do really interesting pieces there's so I this is the only magazine that I subscribe to I, I say all this to say because they I just got an email I don't know the end of last week that said they're they're basically putting up everything they do for free now on the website through cool. the the next month or two because of you know quarantine and stuff they're they're trying to help fill the content space just like we are. And, uh, and so you can get access to anything that they write, you know, day and day. Um, and if you like that, then subscribe because the magazine's really well done too. But every month there's, there's three or four pieces that are, you know, really long form, well-written journalism and they range the gamut, uh, run the gamut of, of all kinds of different stuff. And like Joe exotic, that's where the Joe exotic story mm-hmm. kind of broke, not broke, but the first like real big expose on Joe exotic that led to tiger King and stuff was in Texas monthly. And there's a lot of other pieces that, that go that route. Anytime we do a VIP newsletter, which isn't all that frequently, but uh, every quarter or something, I always include a link to a Texas monthly article in there. Cause they're just, they're really, really well done stuff. Really good stuff. It's the, I, so anyway, I subscribe to the magazine. It's the only magazine I still subscribe to. And I read it cover to cover every month, every single thing that that's in there. Um, and they do some really interesting podcast stuff too, like Boomtown, which I mentioned, but they've got others too. They do these like short run sort series type, uh, podcasts and they're always the production value. That That's awesome. Yeah, totally. The content's really good. So check that out again. The podcast is called Boomtown and then just Texas monthly in general, whether textmonthly.com or actually subscribing or whatever. Boomtown book too, right? About Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, That's and it's a, great. It's really good. I need to get on that. I need to get on that. Yep. Sorry. You, you'll enjoy that one big time. That's a great blend of of history and uh, basketball. Uh, and it, yeah, it's it's really well done. Yeah, uh, Bernie was a movie that was mm. based on an article yeah. from yeah. Texas Monthly. Absolutely. Uh, Linklater yep. movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Really yep. good movie. Yeah. Good. I recommend. Jack Black sings at the end of that one, but you know, he had to keep the thing going. <laughs> You still cried though. So he sings a lot in Bernie and it's great. Yeah. He's a lot of gospel, a lot of songs I grew up singing in church. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one of my, my parents' favorite movies too. I introduced them to Bernie and they were like, this is our whole, like, their whole, like, uh, I guess growing <laughs> up is just like that, you know? <laughs> the, 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 uh, small town Baptist church kind of upbringing. Yeah. It, it, he does a great job with that. But yeah, man, based on a, 
on a little piece that Linklater read in Texas Monthly. So there you go. All right, man. I think we got some great recommends here. Certainly things I'm going to check out and continue to follow as we are hold up for hopefully not too much longer. But if you have things you've been... You guys been out protesting trying to get your hairs cut? Not at oh, all. Yeah. I have been yeah. big time. I told you, I'm going to be I'm gonna be quarantining for two <laughs> weeks longer than everybody else just because... I'm with you, brother. I'm, I'm, not, you. I'm not trying to yeah. risk anything. Yeah, here. but freedom, dude. So think about that right. tonight. America. Well, I'm excited about um, some recommends, whatever you're going to send us, because I know people definitely like to send us whatever they've been watching. Yeah. We have a What, I'm a, what I've Been Watching channel on our Discord, uh-huh. and, and everybody chimes in almost every day and every night. They they just basically put, post, uh, paste a link to the IMDb of whatever they're watching, and a lot of conversations happen there. So if you want to talk more movies and help pass the time during this, check out our VIP at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. It's a really fun time over there. And it's been definitely a lifesaver for me in in terms of getting my mind off of work or whatever, when, whenever the, the day ends and I'm just trying to decompress, I'm like, Oh, let's check out the discord. And a lot of fun things happen. A lot of good people. It's been good. To piggyback on that, Kent, I mean, dude, like right now to kind of replace the social thing, if you're a movie fan or just a culture fan and you like this show, you know, do it. Like it's, I'm not trying to like get your money or whatever. It's four bucks a month or what or all that, but like, it's so worth it. It's so many cool people in there. We're in there. We're the definitely the lamest. I would not sell something I didn't believe in. It's such a community in the discord. So much fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, tons of different people. We have people that are like legit becoming friends that like message back and forth, you know, that's yeah. so because of this, not because of this stupid show, because we open up this little platform for them to do so. So it's, it's, it's an awesome group of people. And I, I really highly recommend it, especially during these times. If you want to terminate your contract after a month or two when this all clears up. We totally understand, but man, is it a, is it a good respite right now? Kind of a replacement of hanging out with your friends. We do live streams on there of different movies. It's, it's super fun. It's a lot of like-minded people too. I know exactly. a lot of people listen to our show that none of their friends listen, and they can't, so they can't talk about totally. any any of these Number movies one with their friends. We get. It, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking for people to talk about movies with, it's just because your friends aren't into that thing, or if this is kind of your guilty pleasure, or whatever it is, the VIP uh, Discord is a great is a great place for you know just people that feel like you do about things and we have like a a channel in there for like mental health awareness so you know people stressed about their jobs they talk to each other about it and and all that stuff and so it's a great platform to just find people that are like you and uh we're proud and happy i think that's been the best addition to our show has been the discord uh community so Mm -hmm. check that out madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash vip that interests you well i hope you enjoy our battlefield earth episode as well we're sorry about God that. knows we won't. Yeah. I hope we're sorry about it. <laughs> but we got another bad movie coming up next week. We've got Howard the Duck. So check that out on the main feed. Maybe we'll be back with some, some new uh, news roundup as well. So check that out. But until then, hopefully we'll see you soon at the same time.